The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Ghost Story Guys mini show. I'm Brennan Store. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is the show where we respond to your messages, texts, and emails to find out what's going on with you. This is the episode for December 1st, 2020. And December 1st, Ian, it's here. I know, I know, and it's surreal. We have been living under this terrible cloud for nine months. Turducken has ruled our lives, and I'm, I don't know, it, it feels like it's just gone really fast, if that makes oh, any yeah. show. It makes any sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. if you told me back when all this started that nine months later, I'd be sort of at an equilibrium with it. Right. I wouldn't believe you. I know. It, it just seems so unfathomable, but truly... I am. I mean, I'm a little bit concerned. You know, uh, I know Nikki had has to travel uh, for a very brief period for school. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm it, it's on my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, she's like the, the place she's going has all been specially prepared for this occasion. And yeah, she's still got to get there and get back. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, no, it's 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 a it's still kind of a nerve wracking situation, but it's not what it was. You know, right. I again. Even though case counts are climbing on the island, as we've talked about, Mm -hmm. it's still, yeah. If you told me that I'd be at this point where I'm like, well, it's not so bad as it was, (laughs) I'd say you were nuts, Uh, especially in the middle of the second wave. But no, I've, I've achieved a kind of, a kind of Zen with it, I suppose. Yeah. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. What are the seven stages of grief? (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think we're at acceptance now. (laughs) No more bargaining. Just no. roll over. Just shut up. <laughs> Just it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> I know on a, on a recent episode, I was saying that uh, you know if if I was a sailor and I the siren I could hear the sirens calling me from from the the rocky shoals, I would just. You know, is the moment I heard the call, my my pants would be down and I'd be in the water. It's fine. You know, let's not fight this. And <laughs> that's that's you know the point where I'm at it. Now, I'm at right now. Like just roll mm-hmm. with it, stay safe, and uh, we'll get through it eventually. On, on the plus side, I mean, all of these stories would be great for my my upcoming new podcast. Mm, okay, <laughs> yes, of so course. There's that, we, right? How could we forget? I know Ian's, Ian's news podcasts where he uh, <laughs> he examines the hard hitting topics of today and says, "Hmm, okay, yeah, that's my whole my whole check. It's gonna wait. work." I'm sure it is. It's going to be huge. I'll be like, sorry, Brennan. I know, you know, this whole ghost story guy thing's really big for you, but I just got to follow my heart. Yeah. I have to say disinterested things about the news. <laughs> On a national level. So yeah. like they're paying me. I'm on Fox now. <laughs> well, yeah. If it was going to be anyone. It was going to be anyone. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> All right. So we have a bunch of listener correspondence to get to. So let's open that mailbag. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you. 
So first up is Tiffany. Tiffany says, So recently my brother and I came back from our horrid soaring adventure. And I, I believe Tiffany may have sent another message with a longer story. Oh, okay. Uh, when we came home, I started noticing an odd vibe in the house. I just drudged it off as I'm just adjusting to home life. But then I started noticing a man dressed in a coffee brown suede suit and a matching fedora. He would walk towards where my front door is. It made me do a double take. I looked away and back to the area several times and didn't see it again. I didn't tell anyone, but then I would be in the house and we would have three cats and five dogs. But I would notice little black shadowy cat-sized blobs running past my feet towards the door. We had to go back to the boat and mom went with us this time. More stressful adventures, driving through hurricanes, surviving boat breakdowns. Of course, yes, I do remember mm -hmm. the story. The usual, but when we came home, it was like a wave of anxiety just punched me in the gut. I felt like I was being watched, judged, and noticed, everyone getting more agitated with anyone or really anything. Oh, we also have chickens and goats. Just call us the petting zoo, haha. <laughs> but our rooster crows at all times of day and night, especially at 8pm, and our goats will freeze and act odd during the day. I'll hear the sand crunching behind me or brush moving and it makes my hair stand on end. I asked my mom about it tonight and she said she's noticed something in the house. We're going to ask my brother tomorrow if he feels any different. Any thoughts or suggestions, guys? I'm kind of freaked out and on edge, but I believe it's not in my head. Hmm. I mean, it, it definitely sounds like it's not in your head, Tiffany, if that helps. No, no, I think maybe something took advantage of the absence to kind of fill in the empty space, as you have said before. Right, of course. Yeah, things move into the empty spaces. Yeah, uh, I mean, in terms of um, things to suggest, uh, again, I think all we can really do, because we're not really experts on the subject. Oh, God, no. Uh, but I would say, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, not, let's not hammer that home quite so hard. <laughs> but I would say try things like owning the space, white light. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like whatever it is is a threat. You know, it's just there. And that can be unpleasant when you want your space to yourself. Right. Um, but yeah, try owning the space, the white light. Um, I mean, tr you can try smudging. Mm -hmm. I know I, I was having a conversation with Rachel recently, and she doesn't really need to smudge. She can kind of do it herself. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever smudged. Yeah, and I think for some people, I, I think smudging is a little bit like, like the wand in Harry Potter. You know, it allows you to focus your magic. Right, right, right. Smudging is like an externalization of that uh, process of, of, of white your lighting. intention, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that might be worth a shot, that. Or I know some people use Palo Santo. I know nothing about it. But uh, I know some people swear by that as opposed to smudging. But again, I think it's more about the intention behind it than it is the actual practice itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks again for writing in, Tiffany, and, and take care. Please let us know how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, our next message came from Maureen. She said, big upvote when it comes to watching Hellier. Oh, there you go. Come on, join the rest of us weirdos in the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, kudos for pronouncing my name right during the Patreon call out a few weeks ago. Yes, which is really funny because Brennan often has to explain to me how to pronounce people's names. Uh, <laughs> well, you must not tell them, Ian. No. Oh, right. Shoot. Forgot. Uh, love the show. Brennan, hang in there, dude. Congrats on finding a counselor. Mine made all the difference in the world. Nice. Yes. Thanks, Maureen. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, pursuing that. I've had one session so far and uh, I, I've been to counseling before at different points in my life, so it's not all new to me. But uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it's a positive step. Definitely. Next up is Dominique, and Dominique says, I have been listening to your podcast for more than a year now, and it has really helped me get through the final weeks of pregnancy leave during these weird times. My nearly four-month-old son still quietens down when he hears your voices. That is chilling. <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dominique. I was just listening to episode 91, which you opened with comments on previously heard odd noises. Now, Ian, in the first clip, I definitely hear someone say, hello, but with the second, I have to side with Brennan, as it does sound like interference to me. I, I think it, that was actually the opposite. I think I, um, I thought it sounded like hello and then you thought it was interference. Oh, there you go. 
Uh, the third bit is definitely someone talking, but like on the television, and I have no clue what they're saying. I am convinced that third thing was a pop-up on your computer. I oh, think it was because okay. I know you have to turn your uh, volume up to hear me. I do, yeah. Because of the function of uh, of the platform we're using. So yeah. I think that something popped up in the background. and it's Because it, there has been stuff that which has been so loud, I can hear it on the microphone from your headphones. Right. So I, I, I kind of think that's what it was, sadly. But, uh, but anyways, I, don't, I normally don't write in response to questions posed in the podcast, but I wanted to point out something odd in episode 91. At around 20 minutes 11, where Ian is speaking, I can clearly hear a weird noise again. I can't make out what it is, but maybe other listeners can. And as I'm finally writing to you anyway, I would like to share my one and only spooky experience with you. When I was living with my ex, I often saw a woman in white from the corner of my eye on the second floor, where all the bedrooms are. She was always in the same place, in front of the guest bedroom. She didn't move, but seemed to want me to look at her straight, which I, of course, never did. <laughs> After living there for two years, when I was organizing some older photographs of the house, I encountered one picture that made my heart stop for a second. It was a picture of the house taken from the street. In it, you could see the window of the guest bedroom with the woman in white that I had been seeing standing in front of the window. I asked my ex about it, and he said that, for a bet, he had a spiritual photographer, I never knew those existed, neither did I, mm-hmm. take pictures of the house. He never understood the picture of the woman and thought it had been photoshopped by the photographer. I never told him about what I had seen, as he always dismissed anything weird or close to spooky, but I never turned off the lights in the hallway again. That's all. Thank you for the amazing show, all the work, and fun intermezzos. Stay safe and healthy. Cheers from the Netherlands. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Dominique. Mm-hmm. No, I did not know spirit photography was a thing either. I mean, yeah. I guess I've heard the phrase, but I didn't think there was anyone actually out there doing it. Well, there's pet psychics, so why the hell not? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that, I don't know if that speaks very well to... Uh... <laughs> so, full disclosure, I'm recording this after we did the main record. We didn't have time to listen to the uh, sound file that Dominique referred to, but we have since. And it looks like the anomaly she heard is just a a digital artifact, which happens with the web recording platform we're using. The way the software works is it's like a Skype call, except the two audio streams are recorded separately, and then I mix them together afterwards. But because my computer is the one that hosts the calls, what happens is it tends to glitch more. You get more of those artifacts, which is just a function of bandwidth. And when I mix the show together, I try and remove most of those, but it's hard to get everything. So sometimes they they still get mixed in. And so though it sounds like uh, something maybe kind of spooky at Ian's end, it's just our web recording software trying to navigate bad internet. If you listen to the more recent shows, I would say probably from episode 94 or 95 forward, my side of the conversation sounds better. And that's because I'm using an alternate method to record the audio, so we don't have that problem as much. And it seems to be working. So, sad to say, Dominique, it's nothing very interesting. Just a lot of nerdy stuff from the back end of the show. Our next one is from Julie. I have a Vardiger story for you. I never knew that this phenomena actually had a name until I listened to the mini show today. I've always called it my glitch in the Matrix story. My hubby works second shift at a local hospital, and he always texts me when he gets out of work. It usually takes him about 30 minutes to get home. A couple of years ago, I was laying in bed with the dog listening to a podcast when my hubby texted me that he was on his way. About 30 minutes later, I heard the front door beep. We have an electronic keypad lock. The front door squeak open. It's a very squeaky door. And my hubby yelled, hello. The dog barked and jumped down from the bed to run out and greet him. I also got up and walked out to the room to say hi, only to find the room empty. The front door locked, the motion detector light on the front porch dark, and no car in the driveway. 
I made my way back to the bedroom to grab my phone and call the hubs. He'd gotten caught up in some traffic and was still four or five minutes from home. I would have chalked it up to being my imagination, but the dog clearly heard it too. I'm still scratching my head about it. Thanks for sending that in, Julie. We don't often get many Vardiger stories, and uh, if you're just tuning in, if you're new to the show, the Vardiger is, I think, again, uh, a Norwegian phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. That's where where the name originates. But it's a thing where you hear someone come home before they come home. Right. So it's almost like they're coming home at the wrong time, but when you go to greet them, they're not there. And obviously in Julie's case, she even heard a voice saying hello, and that would bake my goddamn brain. I would have burned my house down. <laughs> I probably could have written it off as my imagination, except the dog heard it all too. Yeah, that, that's the other that's thing. Kind of the, that's kind of the tip around the scales, I think. It's like when I thought I heard that explosion mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks back. And I thought it, maybe I was just hallucinating, but the cat heard it too because he ran inside. Right, right. Um, and funny enough, someone got in touch, uh, two people got in touch. One was one of our patrons, and she said that um, Vic PD had, had to use flashbangs right. near the legislature building, which isn't that far away from where I live. Uh, I don't think it was that because I don't think flashbangs would be that loud. Um, yeah, I don't know. A, yeah, I, I mean, you're more likely to know what they sound like than I have than I am. But uh, I mean, that's several blocks away. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that was suggested was apparently a couple transformers blew out on the highway. But again, I feel like would that carry that far at three in the morning? I don't think it would. I mean, I've heard them go before, and they don't really sound like boom. They're more like a popping noise. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. But uh, again, I would have thought it was my imagination, if not for my poor terrified cat rushing back inside and staying there. <laughs> Next up is Steven. Steven says, I just started listening to your podcast upon recommendation by a friend a few days ago, and I'm working on catching up, currently on episode 30. I sincerely appreciate the way you guys approach things and are open about how it all works. I have a question that I don't know if you've been asked before. I've always attracted entities as far back as I can remember, and had experiences, many of which are corroborated by family or friends. There have been jokes made that I'm like a magnet, or the equivalent of a stick hitting a hornet's nest. <laughs> I've learned over the years how to block some of that and put up barriers to protect myself. However, I feel like I can't use the most effective method. Ian has described how he intuitively imagined a light filling each room of his house when he was younger, and to start with, I'm really impressed he instinctively did that. Two, I have just enough of a condition called aphantasia that I can't do that method of protection. Aphantasia is a condition in which an individual either has difficulties or cannot picture things in their mind, including not being able to dream. I can dream, but I have a devil of a time picturing things in my mind. They come out fuzzy and faint at best. As a result, in order to protect myself, I've had to resort to feeling? Basically, I try to mentally feel the boundaries of my room and try to set up hard borders with the intent of keeping malevolent or mischievous entities out. This has proven effective but difficult and not very efficient. I'm just wondering if you guys would have any advice or tips for someone with this condition, as the visualizing method is hands down the most common one I've heard. I also have loads of experience and dreams that I'd love to send to you guys if you'd be interested, but I think for the sake of this already large email, I'll just stick with a relatively recent experience that's relevant to my situation above and sort of highlights why I'm looking for help protecting myself and establishing barriers. And so Stephen also included a story, obviously, and we'll be sharing that on a future show. I've heard of aphantasia uh, only because Nikki kind of has it. Oh, see, I've never heard of it. I, I didn't know it had a name, but I knew, I knew that some people could not visualize. Hmm. For example, she can't do any kind of meditation that involves visualization because she can't see things. Interesting. Like if you say a picture of beach, right. she'll say, well, I know what a beach is. But to right. say, you know, see it in your mind's eye, she can't really do that. 
Right. And which is interesting because I, I'm, I'm very much the opposite. You know, I, I can visualize shit very easily. Which is the problem. Well, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you made me take down my blog. So <laughs> honestly, I, what you're doing sounds like the best option. In, in, unless, of course, you just do the smudging thing. I mean, it, right. we just talked about how sometimes that can be the externalization of your will. I so think- maybe... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think, too, if you are religiously inclined at all, getting some religious icons or something that you can invest your intention into and putting them up, right. I think that would also be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if it's not necessarily religious, but if you have sort of uh, something like a favorite thing, yeah. um, you know, try, try sort of using that as a totem. That's an option, too. But I mean, if, yeah, if, if you're having a difficult time kind of feeling it out, you, you may want to try something more physical again, like the Palo Santo or whatever the hell that is, or the smudging, or as Ian suggested, using various religious icons. It, it kind of reminds me of that bit from the first mummy film where there's that little, the, the sleazy dude named Benny, and he's just got all the religious icons on a keychain. Right. And when he's confronted with evil, he just cycles through them until he finds <laughs> the right one. <laughs> No, I, I, I do. I like, really, I do believe it's got to be something that you have some sort of connection with. I think that's going to be a big thing. Right. Sadly, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, Stephen. We wish we had more to offer you. Again, we're, we're still learning this kind of stuff ourselves, but try those things and, and see how they go. And may, the, the advantage of doing, of reading the message on the show is sometimes people will write in with suggestions. Right. And so that may be the case here. And, and listeners, if you have any suggestions for Stephen, let us know, uh, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com, subject line, suggestions for Steven. Our next one is from Jesse. Hello, just wanted to give you guys a quick thank you. The content and storytelling is on point, and in this weird time when the world has caught the big dumb, you guys bring the weird, strange, and creepy to life in a very open-minded way, and that's awesome, so thank you for all you guys do. That's very kind. Unfortunately, you undo everything you've just said by <laughs> adding this P.S. Leave Zach Baggins alone. That dude is a national treasure. I, I could go so many ways with that. And I'm just going to go, I'm really glad you like him, Jesse. That's right. You do you. You do you. And that's where we'll leave that. And, and the fact that you think we're great and he's great, I, I don't know how to take that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take the good. I'm going to leave the rest at the curb where it belongs. And we're going <laughs> to come back on the truck and move on. Next up is Rebecca. Uh, this uh, Rebecca is the uh, lovely lady who, who made us that pie. You know what? The funny thing is, Rebecca, you will always be a friend to me because <laughs> you made us pie. <laughs> Which is so sad because Rebecca's lovely and smart and uh, just a good person. But honestly, Rebecca, it's, it's the pie. But yes. Uh, so Rebecca, sorry. Um, I'm so excited that you are almost at 100 episodes. Thank you so much. It's, it's kind of crazy to imagine. That we will have been doing this for, well, that'll be 50 weeks, every two weeks. Yeah, and we're sorry. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Is that right? 50? Yeah, okay. No, that can't be right. Is that right? 50 weeks? Every two weeks? Uh, no, that's 200 weeks. Yeah. 200 weeks, not for Jesus Christ. I'm like, this wait is, a minute. This is no. why we're not the equation, guys. This is why we don't have a lot of math featured heavily in this show. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the haunted probability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seven plus eight it could be the number they say it is but how do we know dun, i think dun, we should get dun. a whole conspiracy theory thing around math nope nope there are enough conspiracy theories in this world are there a lot of conspiracy theory blog blog um or podcasts yes uh, it's considering that that a large portion of uh 
or I shouldn't say a large portion, but a large portion of the United States populace believes in QAnon. Yeah, I'd say we've reached saturation point with conspiracy theories. I don't know what that is. That's good. Keep it that way. We'll talk off air. I actually saw a guy on Twitter the other day. He said, I've lost more friends to QAnon than I have to COVID. And I believe it. I believe that shit is insidious. I gotta Google this now. If you start coming to me talking about Q drops, I'm going to hit you upside the head with a pipe. Oh, is that something you can buy? (laughs) We're going to pause for a moment while I explain QAnon to Ian. Oh, okay. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Okay. He was better off not knowing. I probably was, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, We should probably read Rebecca's email, though. Oh, right. It has been interesting to hear so many listener stories episodes, hearing a mix of different experiences from comforting to scary. I have a few short unexplained stories about the old manor house I can send along if you're interested. Yes, please. Please do. Always. Always. I do miss when you had a topic to base stories around. Do you think you will go back to that for a few episodes here and there? Um, And yeah, I mean, we received this prior to releasing The Haunting of Poland, which is last week's episode. Um, But that's always Mm -hmm. been the plan. I mean, to be honest, going back to that format for most of the time has always been the plan. But during Turducken, it's been, and I, I explained this on the Poland episode, so I won't belabor this, but during Turducken, it's been really difficult for me to get to focus long enough to do the six to 7,000 words worth of writing that I would need to do to prep uh, a topic-based episode. Uh, but having done Haunting of Poland, it was, it was hard, but, but it got done, and I'm really pleased with how that episode turned out. So yeah, no, we're definitely going to be planning to go back to that format um, for, yeah, in the future. I mean, we love the listener stories too, and we, we love being able to have more of a dialogue with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, we also love doing these kind of deep dives into strange topics and seeing what we can find. So I think going forward, we'll probably see a return to more of the story format with listener stories being maybe like a 30% of the time instead of a 70% of the time or 80%. And and I do think too, like writing is a muscle memory thing. I mean, at least for me, Um, I remember in college, I literally wrote a new song every day for a year, not by plan, just kind of happened. Right. But now if you need me to sit down and write you a song, I can do that. Like no problem, probably within about a half an hour. And it it doesn't come as easily and quickly as it used to, but it's absolutely a muscle memory. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and I found once I I learned my flow in writing, um, when I wrote uh, Victoria's Most Haunted, wherever wonderful books are sold, including audiobooks. Buy the audiobook. I I get part of that royalty. (laughs) Uh, But I found writing the Vancouver book, uh, the hardest part was the research. The easy part was the writing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, because it was just going, okay, brain set to, you know, um, ghost book writing and boom, my brain knew what to do. So, right. And, it, and, and you will, you, you have the same thing. I know you do. It's oh, yeah, just I a mean, matter of getting into that mode. Once I started writing Poland, it got, it, it started to come. There like you I, go. Yeah. I felt like some of my best stories were in that show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's like I had yeah. some really, some really strong stuff in there. And of course, just to be clear, I know there has been some confusion about this in the past. Everything we tell on the show is a true life story, but on shows like Taxis or Poland, what I do is I take the stories that Luke finds online, which are true stories, yeah. and I rewrite them in sort of our, our, our style. So the details right. don't get changed. No. Uh, we might change like a perspective or something just because that way we're not copying someone. But, no, and uh, we don't want it to be confusing either. No, that's it. But yeah, every, everything you do here on the show is a true life story. So yeah, yeah Rebecca, definitely that's going to happen. And, and uh, Rebecca, anytime 
you've got extra pie. You just let me know. <laughs> was that I too mean, blatant? Uh, no, that was very subtle. That was oh, very good. Subtle. I saw Rebecca recently. She came on a ghost walk. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, it was great to see her. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Rebecca says, on another note, I haven't expressed how happy that you are now coming out with a show every week. I don't always get to the episodes in a timely manner, but always listen to them. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. And it's it's cool for us, too. It's it's a lot of extra work, but uh, I do like having the opportunity to get really into the correspondence mm-hmm. like this instead of kind of having to cram it all into like five, ten minutes at the end of the other show. Absolutely. From Laura, this white hands thing you folks keep bringing up reminds me of an old English legend about hairy hands. If you haven't come across this before, the majority of cases take place in Dartmoor and involve larger-than-life, inhumanely strong hands with nothing else visible. In some stories, people see them. Hideous, huge, monstrous hands scratching at their windows at night. In other stories, people riding bikes or driving cars experience them taking control of their vehicle and report huge, invisible hands over their own, veering them off the road and causing accidents. Food for thought. But this is sort of a wide-spanning, repetitive phenomenon even on other continents. There's something so unnerving about it. Yeah, you're right about that. Man. Jesus. <laughs> Yikers. Giant hands. I, I mean, there's a dozen things I can think of, but they're all filthy. <laughs> but I'm going to look it up now because I, yeah. I'm very curious. It's really interesting. Thank you for sending that because, yeah, I hadn't heard that either. I think Oliver Stone's first movie was called, is a, is a horror movie called The Hand. Oh, yeah, I've never seen it, but uh, what was it? it was, it's um, an Adams Family thing too, right? Yes, Thing. Because it was a thing, that's it. Cousin, yeah, it's Cousin, it's the one with all the hair. Right, right, right. Yeah, Thing is the little critter that runs around. Well, I shall look this up. Thanks so much, Laura. Uh, next up is an anonymous message via the ghost line. They say, I'm listening to the new episode, and Ian just mentioned what the Reverend said about the victims of the tsunami on the new Unsolved Mysteries. That same line really stuck with me too. That episode was brutal. Okay, so I've saved this number in my phone. There are so many times I have something to blurt out when listening to your episodes, and now I'm going to do it. Shit, yeah, please do. Yeah, that's awesome. You too can text the ghost line at 925-553-4789. Our next one is from Catherine by the ghost line. I've been living in my current apartment for two years. I work in the early morning from home, and things have been strange over the last several months. On a regular basis, I'll hear a dog yelping in the living room. No one in this fourplex has a pet. There was someone with a service dog a year ago, but she moved. This is like the sound of a dog trying to escape while very frightened. Separate from this, I keep having something slam into doors with such force that the doorknob shakes loudly. This only happens around 6 a.m. Oddly, these things started happening in March when I began taking antidepressants. While on this medication, I felt mentally different, as if I'm able to hear the world around me for the first time in years, instead of having my mind filled with anxiety and depression. I don't know if this has anything to do with it. My roommate has never had similar occurrences. You know, that kind of reminds me of a story we did. Oh man, it was a while ago now, but it was one of the first episodes where we started exploring this idea of things filling up the empty space. Right. And the person, the story we told on that show involved a very similar thing. Someone, an, an older woman had lived in the house with a dog. She had passed and the dog had gone to live with her son and then right. he passed and they would hear a dog about six, seven in the morning, like early in the morning, barking and, and scratching, but there was no dog there. There was no dog next door. It's almost like there's some kind of breakdown. And I've said this before on different subjects, breakdown in the way time works. Right. So there may have been a dog there at some point. I, I don't necessarily think the spirit of a dog is trapped. Maybe there has been a point where, yeah, where there has been a dog. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, I get that. You're kind of hearing this bleed through. Yeah. The thing I do find interesting is that she first notices after taking antidepressants. Yeah, that's significant to me. And I don't know why. Um, I would be really interested in hearing if anybody else has had that experience. Like, have you started taking antidepressants or some other drug that literally changes your brain chemistry and experience things that you just couldn't explain? That would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, because I I do think there is something to this notion of, uh, you know, once you're on the meds, you're able to focus on things much better because you don't have the noise of depression and anxiety crowding out your consciousness. Yes. I mean... I took antidepressants once for a brief period in my early 20s, and that wasn't my experience, but then I also didn't have any paranormal experience back then. Right. For me, I wasn't on them very long uh, because I had a lot of side effects, and I was just miserable in my life, you know? So, like, for me, I was taking them, and then it worked for a little while, and then it stopped working. And the doctor said, oh, we just have to up your dose. So we did, and then it started happening again. And the doctor said, oh, we just got to up your dose a little bit. And I, I very quickly realized, okay, this is going to keep happening. And it was because I was just fundamentally miserable in my life. Right. You know? Right. And so I, I do think, you know, I, I would benefit from some medication. I just haven't done it because the adjustment period I find very, very intimidating. Yeah. Um, like where you kind of get used to it. Yeah. But um, I would be curious to see if it had that effect, kind of clearing away all the, all the, the noise and allowing you to actually experience, I mean, just life in general, never mind the paranormal. Yeah, yeah, no, it is interesting. And and I mean, we've talked before about our mental states affect what we perceive or what we experience, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And um, yeah, I think it's just a way of your maybe it clears out your energy or I don't know, or what, yeah. we're, what we're putting out into the world. Well, good on you for getting for doing that, Catherine. I, that's, that's really yeah, good. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And if anyone else has had that experience, please do let us know. Ghostoryguys at gmail.com. That's going to do it for Listener Mail this time around. Thank you to everyone who got in touch with your comments, your questions, your gentle criticisms. <laughs> we love hearing it all. And if you want to get in touch, ghoststoryguys at gmail.com is the best way to do it. Shoot us an email. But we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghoststoryguys. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash ghoststoryguys. And we're on Instagram at instagram.com slash the ghoststoryguys. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at largely the truth. And I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But Instagram and Twitter I'm on is Ghost Story Guy. Is it just Ghost Story Guy or is it the Ghost Story Guy? I think it's just Ghost Story Guy. It's just Ghost Story Guy. <laughs> yeah. I love that it's, I have to ask you that. Yes. It's just Ghost Story Guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm, you're really going to need me to help, uh, help pr- promote the uh, Okay Then podcast, whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> the, hmm okay hmm okay that's it that's hmm okay I'm, I'm gonna work on a logo sweet please do <laughs> and just before we go it is time for our Ghost Force shoutouts that's right every second episode we will thank the members of Ghost Force in this section because you guys are friggin nuts and we love you for it we do the members of Ghost Force are and Ramey, Anthony Thompson, Arwen Simons, Charlotte Clary, Chet, Christopher Coons, Colin Gately, Danny Hall, Eric Abel, Hannah Brown, Jackie McFarland, Jeanette Patterson, Jennifer Petty, Julia Formanek, Jess Just, Julie, Karen, Kimberly Hansen, Lumpy Rug, Mark Semler, Mary Rose WW, Melanie, Noel Jim, Rebecca Cluche, 
Rosemary Tinpei, Shannon Morton, Stephanie, Tanya Downing. You are the few. You are the proud. You are Ghost Force. If you want to join the team, head on over to patreon.com slash ghoststoryguys. We have tiers at the 1, 5, 10, 20, and $50 levels. And you get a Ghost Force shout-out every second mini-show by contributing at the $20 level and above. You also get all the digital rewards available to everyone else. That's the Cabin Fever shows, which are monthly hangout shows with me and Ian talking about all the stuff that doesn't fit into the main show anymore. There's our monthly video live show and lots of other things. And you also get access to the, the whole archive of this stuff. So there are 30, 40 hours worth of additional material in there for you to check out. And you also get things like Ghost Force Magnets, art cards of my night photography, and of course, Ian's smash hit Christian country album, Aware of Wonder. You can get all that at patreon.com slash ghost story guys. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to these mini shows as much as we enjoyed doing them. Uh, and if you want to get your message read out on here, get a hold of us via the ghost line or by email, any of the ways we've mentioned on the show, and we will do our best to get your message into a mini show. Our theme song, Radio Into the Darkness We Go, the Surfing Dead Mix, was composed by Peter of Pizanta Music and performed by Fera. All other music and sound effects on this show are come courtesy of Epidemic Sound. If you're looking for podsafe music or sound effects for your next project, head on over to epidemicsound.com to check them out. I guess that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week with episode 99. Oh! I know. We're almost there, Ian. I don't know what there is, but we're almost there. I don't either. I, In fact, I think we should hit our 100th episode and just not even mention it. <laughs> just another show. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although I will say if we were producing a sitcom, this is when the residuals were kicking. So I'm yeah. hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping for that, that somehow out there in the, in the podcast verse, there's some sort of deal we have that we don't know about. Right. That's what I'm banking my retirement on. Don't anyone tell him. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Until then. Into the darkness we go. 